Welcome to the teaching ministry of Magnolia's First. To learn more, visit m1bc.org. Well, the seasons do indeed change. Did any of you enjoy the cool mornings we had earlier in the week? Yeah, well, let me ask just a quick uh, poll here. Did anybody else besides us change from air conditioning to heat for just a brief Yeah, that's what I thought. I I, I love it when the weather starts getting cooler, uh, the leaves start changing colors and then begin uh, to drop. I love it when fall is in the air. And we see the seasons change. Uh, We'll move into winter, and we'll move then into spring, and then uh, summer. We can count on that predictable, uh, consistent sequence of seasons in our climate to, to change and come around in that same order again and again. Well, in our life, however, that that cycle, that progression is not so dependable and predictable. Uh, we can move into a new season not knowing which season is coming next suddenly and unexpectedly. And uh, the seasons of our lives can be very dramatic. Uh, We're looking at this series called Seasoning, and we're going to talk about the different seasons uh, of life. Uh, Solomon talked about that in his journal that we call the book of Ecclesiastes, and you know this this verse and even the verses that follow where he said in chapter 3, verse 1, for everything there is a season a time for every activity under heaven. We enter into different seasons of our lives, and today we're going to talk about winter. Winter is a season that can be dark. Winter is a season that can be cold and and hard, and especially those who live in harsher Uh, geographic locations related uh, to climate. Winter can be a difficult season. It's a season of change. It's a season in which things die or at least go dormant that need to change later to be able to blossom. And so we're going to think of that analogy, that picture as a season of our life. And we want to track the four seasons in this four-week series through the life of Joseph of the Old Testament. And we'll be looking this morning at Genesis chapter 37. If you want to open your Bible uh, there, in just a moment we'll begin to read from the story of Joseph. And as we think of a season of winter and how some things need to die to be able to blossom later, our big idea today is a question rather than a statement. And it's a personal question. And it's this, what needs to die before you can go forward? What is it in your life, in your spiritual personality and journey that needs to die before you can move forward to a time of growth and blossoming. Well, there are many winter seasons in one's life, and in Joseph's life, there were several, but his first one was when he was just a teenager. And so let's see it from Genesis 37. 
We'll beginning, begin the reading with verse 2. This is the account of Jacob and his family. When Joseph was 17 years old, he often tended his father's flocks. He worked for his half-brothers, the sons of his father's wives, Bilhah and Zilpah. But Joseph reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. Now, you may know this story. It may be familiar to you. And we tend to pass over things in familiar stories without really taking a deeper look at what was going on there. So I want us to dig a little deeper and think about what was happening. Let me ask you if you agree with this statement. Family relationships can be complicated. Isn't that the truth? And how about this statement? Blended family relationships are next level complicated. Some of you who uh, are in blended families know that that's true. Well, think about this. Joseph's family was one in which his father, Jacob, had multiple wives, which meant there were multiple mothers in the home. Can you even imagine we can't wrap our minds around that. And that, that is exactly what Joseph was dealing with. Joseph was wading in alligator-infested waters relationally, and he didn't even know how dangerous it was. And then add on to that, verse 2 says, he worked for his half-brothers. Talk about a train wreck waiting to happen. And so he made it even worse. It says he reported to his father some of the bad things his brothers were doing. Wow. Talk about stir up trouble. But we need to cut Joseph a little bit of slack. He was a teenager, and no offense to any teenagers that might be in the room or listening uh, at home. Uh, Teenagers, well... They say their frontal lobe is not fully developed, okay? And so sometimes they make unwise decisions. I don't know about you. I can look back on my youth and think of some of the decisions I made and ask myself, what was I thinking? And the truth was, I wasn't. Youthful idealism can lead us to unwise and dangerous decisions. And so it was in Joseph's life. There was something here in this early winter season of his life that was going to need to die. It was going to need to go dormant. It was going to need to change so that his life could see growth later on. Well, Joseph wasn't the only one that was lacking wisdom and using bad judgment. Uh, Joseph was young, But Jacob was not. And look at the bad decisions of his dad. Verse 3, Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. Anybody remember what it was called in the King James Version? Yeah, the coat of many colors. I I can just see it, this brightly 
colored robe that said to everybody, especially his brothers, Joseph is the favorite. Now, I don't know how it is in your family, but in my family, we have five children and 20 grandchildren. And you need to be careful in a family like that not to show favorites, right? You need to be careful to love everyone. Uh, And you don't treat everybody the exact same way because they're all different. But you are to love them all equally. And if if you are tempted to have a favorite, you need to keep it to yourself. But not so with Jacob. He proclaimed to the world, and this was a bad decision. He didn't do his favorite son any favor. And as you might expect, his other sons didn't take it well. Verse 4. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't say a kind word to him. Listen, Joseph was in a difficult situation. He was in a delicate uh, situation with his family. He needed to, to be careful. He needed to be wise. Here's what we've found in our families that he needed to know in his family. Navigating difficult relationships requires great care and caution. We need to be careful how we act. We need to be careful what we say. Joseph needed to be careful how he related to these brothers who already were bitter toward him, not because of what he had done, but because of what his father had done. And he needed not to rub in their faces that he was the favored son. But he didn't do it very well. Verse 5, one night Joseph had a dream and he told his brothers about it. They hated him more than ever. Listen to this dream, he said. I, I can just hear his enthusiasm. It's like, hey, guys, this dream is awesome. They didn't think it was so awesome. He was so full of himself, he couldn't have any thought for his own brothers. And so he just charged ahead. Verse 7, he tells of his dream. We were out in the field tying up bundles of grain. Suddenly, my bundle stood up. And all your bundles gathered around and bowed low before mine. (laughs) Can you you just imagine how they responded to that? What's ironic is this actually was a prophetic dream. This scene would actually become real years later in Egypt. But they had no clue what it was about. You see, Joseph had truth, but he had no tact. Here's something we need to learn. We can be right about something and present it in the wrong way. Sometimes we think being right is all that matters, but if we don't communicate it in the right way, if we don't act in the right way, it doesn't matter to the people in those relationships how right we are. Because we've not related to them in a way that was wise and showed good judgment. 
And as you might expect, the brothers didn't react well. Verse 8. His brothers responded, So you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. I mean, this, this was a, a difficult confrontation. And you would think that Joseph would come away from that saying, okay, okay, this, this was tough. Maybe I, I should have communicated it more tactfully. I, I just need to be careful. And so you would think he would have learned. But you know what? He was as hard-headed as we are sometimes. And he didn't learn at all. And then he had another dream. Verse 9. Soon Joseph had another dream, and again he told his brothers about it. Listen, I've had another dream, he said. The sun, moon, and eleven stars bowed low before me. And I just imagine as they are hearing this, they're thinking, the sun, that's dad, moon, that's mom, eleven stars, uh, that's us, bowed before him. Verse 10. This time he told the dream to his father as well as to his brothers. But his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? What Joseph here had done is not only insult his brothers again, but he had done so in front of his father the father who had already singled him out as the favorite. Verse 11, But while his brothers were jealous of Joseph, his father wondered what the dreams meant. Here's the thing. When we only think about ourselves in the way we relate, in the way that we speak, in the way that we communicate delicate and, and difficult things to those in whom we have a relational issue going on, it just brings trouble. Thinking only about yourself and not what others might feel leads to broken relationships, and that's exactly what had happened with Joseph. His attitude, his lack of wisdom, his bad judgment were relationship killers. And those things in Joseph's life needed to die. And God would bring about trauma in this winter season of his life to make that happen. Verse 12. Soon after this, Joseph's brothers went to pasture their father's flock at Shechem. When they had been gone for some time, Jacob said to Joseph, Your brothers are pasturing the sheep at Shechem. Get ready, and I will send them to you. I'm ready to go, Joseph replied. Again, there's a lack of wisdom. Maybe you didn't pick up on it here. What the dad was actually saying was, and by the way, think about this. The brothers were out in the field working hard every day, day and night. Where was Joseph? Back home, 
sitting by the pool, sipping iced tea. I don't know, whatever they did back in those days. He wasn't out there working with the rest of his brothers. And his father says, now, okay, Joseph, I want you to go out and spy on your brothers. I want you to see if they're still doing that stuff you told me about before. And instead of recognizing this was going to be another one of those alligator-infested pools he was about to step in, his enthusiasm, I'm ready to go. No wisdom, no judgment. And it didn't go well. Verse 18, when Joseph's brothers saw him coming, they recognized him in the distance. As he approached, they made plans to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said. Come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of those cisterns. That was a deep, dry well. We can tell our father a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. When you hurt people with bad judgment, self-centeredness, and insensitivity, it's not going to turn out well. But finally in the story, one of the brothers had just a little bit of common sense and a little bit of restraint. Verse 26, Judah said to his brothers, what shall we gain by killing our brother? We'd have to cover up the crime. Instead of hurting him, let's sell him to those Ishmaelite traders. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. And his brothers agreed. So when the Ishmaelites, who were Midianite traders, came by, Joseph's brothers pulled him up out of the cistern and sold him to them for 20 pieces of silver. And the traders took him to Egypt. Winter is a season of change. Think about how drastic the change was in Joseph's life. He went from being the favorite son of a wealthy family to being sold like a common slave for a few pieces of silver, then led away to a foreign land and a pagan culture. And in verse 36, we see that he ends up very far from home. Meanwhile, the Midianite traders arrived in Egypt, where they sold Joseph to Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. Potiphar was the captain of the palace guard. Well, we'll end this part of Joseph's life, this winter season here. We'll pick it up later uh, in Potiphar's estate. But here's what I I, I want us to, to think of. What was it that Joseph lacked that at least contributed, if not caused, so much of the problem. And of course, we understand that God uses all these things and that in his sovereignty, God even takes our worst mistakes and uses them as a part of his plan for our lives and his purpose. But what was it that he didn't have in this young season of his life that he would so desperately need to have Later on, wisdom, wisdom. Here's what the writer of Proverbs says about the importance of wisdom. Proverbs 4, verse 4 and following. 
The writer says, my father taught me, take my words to heart, follow my commands and you will live. Get wisdom, develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't turn your back on wisdom for she will protect you. Love her and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. I like that sentence. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. If you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her and she will honor you. I think we are living in one of the coldest winter seasons we've ever experienced. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, you just think of the things that we're dealing with. Certainly the pandemic that seems to be getting worse in these days. Uh, the political situation that uh, has troubled many of us as we look forward. The economy that still is not healthy and strong again. And on and on. And you may have personal winter issues going on in your life. I believe we need God's wisdom now more than ever. It's important. God's wisdom produces good judgment, and good judgment leads to better decisions and fewer regrets. Wisdom could have made all the difference in Joseph's life, but there was very little of it. If you want wisdom, how do you get it? You pray to the God of all wisdom. A prayer like the one in Psalm 139, you know this one. In 139 verse 23 of Psalms, the psalmist prays, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. In the winter of our lives, unwise and un ungodly things need to die so that God's wisdom and blessing can grow. So here's what I want to challenge you to do as I close the message. Number one, ask God to reveal to you where you lack godly wisdom, where you lack good judgment so that you won't make bad decisions that you will later on regret. James 1.5 says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. The wisdom is there if we will seek him to give it to us. Number two, ask God to replace your self-centeredness with consideration for others. Joseph got himself in a lot of trouble in his family because he didn't think about his brothers. He only thought about himself. And we can become just that self-centered too. And we need to ask God to help our understanding and concern to be pointed to others. If you're going through winter, you need to ask what needs to die before you can go forward. Let me pray for you. Our Father, show us those things in our lives that need to die 
that need to be replaced by your spirit so that godliness and Christ-likeness can grow. Show us those attitudes. Show us those areas in which we are not using godly wisdom and good judgment. Help us to know how to live in ways that are pleasing and right in your sight. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week.